Dear friends, welcome to this week's virtual drasha and a guten chodesh. We have the incredible privilege this week to be Parshas Vaira. And in Parshas Vaira, we begin the dramatic story of the plagues, the Makos. And Chazal, the rabbis teach us that the plagues really served a dual purpose. Number one was to punish the Egyptians. And in fact, again, the plagues were not random. Each particular Makkah punished the Egyptian for some particular barbaric infraction. But the Makos were also there to teach Klal Yisrael important life lessons as well. From every Makkah, from every plague, there's a positive life-affirming lesson that we are to glean as well. So I want to draw your attention specifically to the second of the ten Makkahs, Tzvardeya, frogs. Tzvardeya tells us about how Tzvardeya, the frog came up on the banks of the Nile, and Rashi HaKadosh identifies, Rashi HaKadosh explains that it was one big frog, and the Egyptians kept hitting, and every time they hit the frog, smaller frogs kept peeling off. And the question is, so what's the message? What are we to learn from the Makkah of frogs? So the Medrash understands, the Medrash actually links frogs and blood, Dam and Tzradea together. And the point of both of those Makos was really to assert spiritual superiority over the Egyptians. Because you see, the Egyptians worshipped the Nile as a deity. And therefore, again, the Makos of Dam and Tzradea, blood and frogs, which showed HaKadosh Baruch Hu's superiority over the Nile, didn't just assert a physical superiority, but a spiritual, a theological superiority as well. The challenge is, how could the Shparuch really accomplish that with dam, with blood? Why the need to kind of drive the point home with Tzvardeya as well? And perhaps the Makkah of Tzvardeya, in addition to helping to assert this theological or spiritual superiority over the Egyptians, positioned Klaal Yisrael to learn another lesson as well. There's a beautiful akdom, a beautiful introduction to Perak Shira. And Eperik Shira quotes the, quotes the Medrash that says that when David HaMelech finished composing Sefer Tehillim, he, he was Zohar Daito Alav. He was very proud of his accomplishment. And he said, Ribono Shal Olam, Yesh Bria Shebarasa Ba'olamcha, Sheomeres Shiros Yishbachos Yosheimen. Tell me, is there a creation in this world who knows how to sing to you like I sing to you? Is there any other creation in the world who has composed such beautiful, beautiful kapitloch of Tehillim, such beautiful song, Shiros Vishishbachos, like me? That was very proud of his accomplishment. Ba'osasha, listen to the Medrash, says, in that moment, Nezdam nolot svardeya achos. In that moment, what happened? A frog came in front of David HaMelech. Va'amrolo, David, al-tazuach daitcho alech. David, don't get so carried away with yourself. Shkoyach. Unsafe at Tehillim, but don't get carried away with yourself. Why not? Sha'ani Omeres Shiros Visishbachos Yoser Mimeka. The frog says to David, David, I gotta tell you, you did a great job on those 150 kapitlach, but I see a lot more than that. I've composed a lot more than that, see a lot more than that. So Shkoyach on the composition of Sefer Tehillim, but don't get so carried away with yourself. And the frog goes on to list its beautiful melodic accomplishments. But then at the end of the Akdom, or at the end of the Medrash, the frog says something amazing. He says, furthermore, 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 the frog says, David, in addition to the beautiful compositions of Shiros, Vishis, Bachos, that I sing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I also perform a dramatic mitzvah. A dramatic mitzvah. I, what's the dramatic mitzvah? He says, listen to this. There is a particular creature that dwells on the banks of the river, doesn't identify the creature, that ultimately, again, derives its nourishment from the water. Guess from, from fish, from other creatures that live in the water. Sometimes it has difficulty catching fish. 
At the time when this creature is hungry, the frog says, I allow the creature to consume me, to eat me, and ultimately again to be sustained. This is the great mitzvah that I perform. Fascinating medrash. Now, again, understand the context of Parakshira, the point of this, I'm about the point of this introduction is Parakshira is all about how all the different forms of nature cry, not cry out, but give praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the frog here, the frog is just saying, David, you did such a great job with Sefer Thelma. I just want to tell you, I do more than that. I do more than that. But I want to focus on this last part. The frog says, in addition to all the beautiful shiros, this ishpachos that I sing, I perform a mitzvah gidola, a great mitzvah. What's the great mitzvah? When this creature gets hungry and it can't find sustenance from the water, I allow this creature to consume me and to be sustained. And I think what the Medrash is teaching us, what the introduction is teaching us, what the frog is teaching us is something amazing. See, dear friends, sometimes we think that the greatest accomplishments we have in life are the things that we accomplish for ourselves. How much Torah have I learned? How much tzedakah have I given? How much chesed have I done? And those are all incredible. But sometimes the greatest accomplishments in life are not the things we do for ourselves, but it's the things that we do for others. Sometimes the ability to enable growth, to enable self-actualization in another is even greater, is even greater than the things I do for myself by myself. So the frog says to David, David, you did a great job on Tilman. I, I also sing. I also put forth shiros, visishbachos, to the ribono sha'olam. And I want to tell you something, David. It's beautiful. It's great. But that's not even my greatest accomplishment. My greatest accomplishment is that I enable growth in others. My greatest accomplishment is what I am able to do for others. Parenthetically, by the way, the frog, the frog in the, in the ecosystem, the frog happens to be the middle of the fruit chain, right? The frog ultimately, again, plays a vital role in consuming insects. But then again, the frog is also an incredibly important food source for birds, for snakes, and for other animals. The frog is the middle of the ecosystem. Again, consuming, but also being consumed. That's the role of the frog. The frog represents this duality. On on one hand, accomplishing. I have to be an accomplished individual. But to just go ahead and accomplish for myself, by myself, is not enough. The shayla is, what growth are you enabling in others? What are you doing in others? So the frog confronts David Amelech after David's completion, several completion of Sefer Tehillim, and says, David, shkoyach. First of all, I sing more than you. But not only that, David, life is not about the songs you sing just by yourself and for yourself, which are beautiful. But life is also about what are you doing for the other? What are you accomplishing for the other? What growth are you enabling in the other? And the frog says, you know, at the end of the day, on my frog matseva, they're not going to put my shiros visish bachos. But instead, on my frog matseva, what they're going to put is, Paul Nikbar here is buried something that allowed itself to be consumed by something else. Something that enabled growth in something else. Something that ultimately, again, gave to something else. Because often in life, the greatest accomplishments we have are not the things we do for ourselves by ourselves, but rather the greatest accomplishments we have are the things we do for others, for others, enabling growth in others. That's what the frog teaches us. You know, it's interesting. Svarim bring down this interesting idea that we know in last week's parasha, we're introduced to Shifra and Pua, the midwives. And Rashi tells us that it's Shifra and Pua where Miriam and Yochavet. So after Miriam and Yochavet, they're why I call it Shifra and Pua. So Rashi points out that they're descriptive names, right? Shifra 
Shifra, ultimately, again, that uh, when, when Yocheved birthed the baby, she cleaned up the baby, made it look beautiful, like Shapir, right? And Pua, Miriam, because she would coo with the baby. And so the Svarim says, I don't understand, it's very nice, but why are we introduced to these women with these names? Introduce them to us as Mirman Yocheved, and later on you could tell us Shifra and Pua. In other words, the first time we're introduced to them, ultimately, is with the midwife names, why not introduce us to them ultimately again with their real names, Miriam and Yocheved? And the sermon explains so beautifully because Torah is teaching us that your greatest accomplishment in life is not what you do for yourself. Your greatest accomplishment in life is that which you do for the others. Shifra and Pua were the names that represented what Miriam and Yocheved did for other people. That's why the Torah Kedoshi introduces them to us with those names. Not with the names Miriam and Yocheved, which represented their personalistic greatness but introduces us to them with their names which represent the greatness they gleaned, the greatness they acquired by doing for others. Shifra and Puan, dear friends, this is the message of the Tzvardeya. So as HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pummeling Egypt with frogs, showing the Egyptians the spiritual and theological superiority that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had over the Nile, he's teaching us to become selfless people. He's teaching us that our greatest accomplishment in life are not the things we do for ourselves. And again, I don't mean material things, I mean even spiritual things. The greatest accomplishment in life is what we do for the other, giving to the other, sacrificing for the other, enabling growth in the other, the Shifra and Pua identities, the Tzvardeya identities. That's the greatest accomplishment in life. And think about the profundity of this message. Hashbarach was giving us this message, we're avadim, we're slaves, right? A slave is often fully focused on survival. Survival, right? A slave is just focused on what could I do to ensure that I am going to make it through the day. The frog very rarely has any type of, or the slave, excuse me, has any type of battlefield. You know, Viktor Frankl, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, says something amazing. He speaks about when he knew, the moment that he knew that they were truly free from Auschwitz. He speaks about the idea that the Nazis, Yemach and the guards had already left, had already left. And they were a group of a group of survivors sitting around the fire, and they were warming themselves by the fire, and someone had a piece of bread. And he took a piece of bread and he shared it with others. And Frankel writes, he says, at that moment I knew we were free. He says, because in the lager, in the camp, the rule was eat your bread and eat your friend's, friend's bread if you can as well. Survive, survive. He said, at that moment, we were sat around the fire and we shared something and suddenly it wasn't just about every man for himself but looking out for the other. That's the moment I knew we were free. We were still slaves in Egypt. A slave is focused on survival. And in the moment of slavery, Yachash Baruch says, I just want you to understand I'm getting you ready for freedom. Not just physically, but emotionally, cognitively, spiritually. What does it mean to be free? What it means to be free is the ability to not look out just for your own accomplishment, for your own advancement, but to look out for the other as well. Sometimes the greatest accomplishments in life are the frog accomplishments. The things we do not for ourselves, but the things we are able to do to help others, to do for others, and to enable growth in others. Those become our greatest accomplishments. Dear friends, it is a new month. Chodesh Shvat. A month where the world begins to regenerate, the earth begins to regenerate. It's not just Hashkedia Parachat, but everything begins to come back to life. And every Rosh Chodesh offers up the opportunity, us the opportunity to kind of do things differently. Last month was last month. 
I can make this something different. I can make this something beautiful. I can energize myself in a different way. And yet another month comes and cloudy Israel, we still find ourselves in the midst of war, in the midst of difficult and overwhelming times. And it is a time to redouble our efforts to do for the other. Yes, we have to focus on our own spiritual advancement. And we have to focus on what I can do to grow as an individual. I have to learn more. I have to give more tzedakah. I have to do more. Absolutely, all this stuff, absolutely. But with all of that, I also have to inculcate within myself the mindset of a frog, the mindset of the tzvardeya, and never to fall into the trap of thinking that successful living means focusing just on my own growth. While I'm focusing on my growth, I also have to think about what could I do for the other? How could I enable growth in the other? What could I do to even sacrifice of myself to allow the other, my fellow Jew, to become even a little bit greater. This is the message of the Tzvardeya, the message of Shifra and Pua. Don't make your life success about the cultivation of your own identity. Your greatness in life really comes from what you're able to do for the other. Shifra and Pua understood this. The frogs understood this. And may we be Zohar Hashem to come to this awareness as well. Wishing everyone a good Nerev Shabbos and a good Chodesh.